Welcome to the LifeGate Podcast, a podcast recorded at LifeGate Church in Burleson, Texas. We hope you enjoy the talk, and be sure to stick around for more at the end. This morning we are continuing this series that we started last week called Restore My Soul. Everybody look at a neighbor and say, Restore My Soul. We started last week, we learned this very important principle, and the principle is this, that I am not a body with a soul, I am a soul with a body. So everybody say that with me today. I am not a body with a soul, I am a soul with a body body. You see, many times I think we kind of get it backwards a little bit and we kind of look at our life like it's about what's here and now and it's about what's happening on the outside. It's about what's happening in my body right now. But the truth is when your body dies, your soul is going to last forever. We are not a body with a soul. We are actually a soul or I I said that backwards, didn't I? We are not a body with a soul. We are a soul with a body. Amen. And and we're going to talk about that in this series, you may say, well, why is that so important? I really don't understand why that's such a big deal. But the reason that that's so important this morning is, you know, we talked about it last week, that feeling that you have deep down inside sometimes, you know, that thing that's just down inside of you, that even when things are going good in your life, that there's just kind of something missing. Have you ever felt that before? It's like, man, there's just this thing inside of me that I guess I just can't seem to find that fulfillment that I'm really looking for in my life. Well, that's a soul thing. Everybody say soul thing. It's a soul thing, and that's what we're talking about in this series. And what we're doing over this next several weeks, we started last week, going into these next several weeks, we're going to be looking at this very famous portion of Scripture. In fact, probably one of the most famous portions in all of the Bible. You may have heard it before. Some of you may have even memorized it before. You probably have it hanging on your wall somewhere. We're looking at this portion of Scripture known as the 23rd Psalm. In fact, what I want to do today is I want to read it aloud together. It's on the screen and in your notes as well this morning. Let's read this together. Are you ready? One, two, three. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Such beautiful words, such beautiful poetry. He restores my soul. But what does that mean? What does it mean to restore a soul? Well, we learned last week that as we look at this passage from the, from the viewpoint of a shepherd, it would have meant something very different than it might mean to you and I here today. We learned that sheep can find themselves in a position that's called cast down or to be, to be a cast sheep. And what happens is that these sheep will somehow, uh, somehow get turned over onto their back. And because they got so much wool and because of the way that they're 
their bodies are built, they can actually get into position on their back where they can't get turned back over onto their feet. It's kind of like I've fallen and I can't get up. And here they are, they're on their back. And, and what we learned, we learned is that as they're in this position, it becomes very difficult for the sheep to breathe. In fact, if they stay in that position for long enough, they can actually begin to suffocate and even die. We learned last week that the shepherd will come along and will find a lamb in this position and the shepherd will take very very gently and very lovingly will take the sheep and will turn the sheep back up over onto its feet and will what they would call restore the sheep. And many of you, maybe that's where you're at this morning. In fact, maybe that's what David was talking about in this very familiar psalm. Maybe some of you here today, you find your souls are a little bit downcast. You find yourself in a position where you can't seem to get back up. Maybe you're searching and looking for something to satisfy the deep longing inside of your soul. And you find yourself here this morning in need of some soul restoration. We began talking about that last week and we just kind of asked the question that we're going to be asking through this whole series is what is it that causes our souls to get downcast? Last week we started talking about how the sheep would begin to try to scratch an itch and when it would try to scratch this itch it would get itself into this position and so many of us that's exactly where we're at in life. It's, It's this deep discontentment inside of us that we search through life, we go everywhere doing all these things outwardly trying to scratch the itch down deep inside of us. We find ourselves a discontented soul and we learned last week that there really is nothing that can fulfill the longings of our soul except for a relationship with the Savior, with the shepherd. This morning, I want to dig down a little bit deeper into this, and I want to talk a little bit about the restless soul. Everybody say restless soul. I want to talk about the soul that is Restless, and it kind of reminds me of this story that we find in the in the Old Testament, way back in Genesis. It's a very familiar story. You may you may know it of two brothers, Cain and Abel. You may remember the story that Cain became very jealous of his brother Abel because Abel's sacrifice was pleasing to the Lord, and Cain actually murdered his brother. And the Bible says that God looked down upon upon Cain, and He actually placed a curse upon Cain. And this is what He says in Genesis four and verse eleven. God says. To Cain, now you are under a curse and driven from the ground, which opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it will no longer yield its crop for you, and you will be a restless wanderer on the earth. I hear those words, restless wanderer, and I think, doesn't that describe so many people in our society today? Doesn't that describe even some people maybe sitting in this room today? You find yourself as a restless wanderer. Your soul is restless. You're always searching, but never finding. You're always interested in everything, but never satisfied by anything. Deep down inside, you are inwardly just kind of wound up. The R PMs are just pegging out and it's like you try to find rest and you search here and there to try to find rest for your for your bodies but you can't seem to find any rest for your soul reminds me of what Solomon said in Ecclesiastes 2 and verse 22 he says what does a man get from all this toil and anxious striving with which he labors under the sun all his days his work is pain and grief 
even at night, his mind doesn't rest. Be honest here today. How many of you would say there are times that maybe even at night you can't seem to settle your mind? Come on, how many know what I'm talking about? Like, you lay down at night and you try to go to sleep and your mind just is going on 90 miles an hour and you just can't go to sleep, right? Or maybe some of you are like me that uh, you watch TV and you fall asleep watching TV and you do that, right? And then I fall asleep watching TV and then at like 3 o'clock in the morning I wake up because i got to go to the bathroom, right? I'm getting old. And then my mind starts wondering and I can't seem to settle it down and I can't seem to find a rest for my mind. Anybody here? relate to that today and it's like there's this anxious anxiousness it's like there's this restlessness and we try all these things to try to fulfill it all these exterior things but it's not really an exterior thing it's really an inner thing it's really a soul thing there's this restlessness in our souls and we go, what, what do I do to try to, to try to fulfill, to try to find a rest for my soul? And there are a lot of different things that we try to do to find rest. But what I've noticed in our society today is the biggest thing that we do is just try to get more busy. We just do more and do more and do more and do more. We think that maybe that's what will fulfill me. Maybe if I go more, maybe if I do more, maybe one more meeting, maybe one more email, maybe one more, maybe one more Facebook message, maybe one more whatever it is, one more soccer game or one more trip to the mall or whatever it is that we do to try to fill our, our schedules and fill our lives. And we go, 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 trying to fulfill this restlessness in our soul, but all it does is just wind us up tighter and tighter. In fact, I've been reading this book. I actually just finished it. Uh, actually, I wasn't reading the book. I actually listened to it on audiobook because I was too busy to read it, right? And the name of the book was Addicted to Busy. It's a good book. You ought to read it if you're not too busy. It's pretty good. And the whole theme of the book was how, as Americans, we have become almost addicted to this busy way of life, this rush, 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 go, 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 do, do, do type of life that we, that we live. It's like we become addicted to it. In fact, in the book, it, it mentions some scientific research that actually states that, that when we live this kind of stress-filled, busy life that we, that we live, that our bodies actually produce an extra amount of adrenaline. And what happens is because we go, go, go at the pace that we go, we get used to this adrenaline, and it's like we get addicted to the adrenaline, and so we've got to find the next rush. And so when we have a a little bit of time to maybe rest, when we have a little bit of time, we've got to fill it up with something else because we're addicted to that feeling of that adrenaline that we get when we live this kind of rushed kind of lifestyle that we live. In fact, it even stated that what will happen is that we even have withdrawals. Like when you do get a little bit of time or maybe when things do kind of settle down, maybe around the holiday season as things are, are coming and holidays I know are busy, but then right after the holidays, usually you have some downtime. And have you ever noticed that in that downtime you see people and you may even feel it yourself, you start to feel this, this inner just kind of de- depression and down and discouraged? How many know what I'm talking about? 
You know what that is? That's a withdrawal that we're having from this addiction to this adrenaline rush that we get in the life that we live. Take the kids to the soccer game and go to work and go here and go there. And every day and every night, all day, all night, we're busy rushing around doing all of these things. And we get addicted to the feeling that we get. And then when maybe we have some time to settle down and maybe find some rest for our souls, then we have with draw from the adrenaline that we had that we are addicted to. Come on, I'm I'm telling you some good, helpful stuff here this morning, and that's why our attention spans are so short, and that's why we struggle to really slow down. That's That's why it's constant all the time in our lives. In fact, I think this might have been what the psalmist was talking about a little bit in Psalm 23. He compares us to sheep. Now, I don't know if you've ever thought about this before, but that's really not a compliment, all right? You know, I mean, why sheep? Sheep are smelly, sheep are, you know, sheep are are messy, sheep can't do hardly anything for themselves. I mean, why wouldn't he say, you know, you're like an eagle, or you're like, you know, you're like a lion who is courageous and strong? He says, you're like a sheep. Well, guess what? Sheep are stupid, right? I mean, I know we don't know much about sheep in America today, but those who have, who have ever been around sheep, you know, I mean, they're just dumb. In fact, I did a little, little, little studying on this, that sheep can actually, like without, without the guidance and the reassurance of a shepherd, that sheep will get spooked really quickly. Like just, uh, they'll hear a noise or something, and they'll get spooked. And here's what they do. They just begin to run. Like with no purpose, no aim, no direction, not knowing where they're going. Here's what they do. They get spooked and then they just kind of start running and they just scurry around. And then one sheep will run and the other one will see the other one, the the one sheep running and all the other sheep will just kind of start to follow them. And they just scurry around, just run around here and there. In fact, they have even been known, entire herds of sheep have been known to run right off of a cliff and die. And you hear that and you go, and God said we're like sheep. (laughs) And the truth is we are. Because we rush around, we scurry around, just like the culture says to do. You have to do this, and you have to be there, and you have to go there, and you have to accomplish this, and you have to produce, produce, produce. You've got to do all of this stuff, and one person's doing it, so I just got to do it too. So I'll run around and do what everybody else is doing, and we scurry around, busy all over the place with no purpose, and with no real direction, and with no intention in our lives, and we follow the entire culture right off a cliff. We run ourselves right down into the ground and there's no rest for our souls. In fact, as I was reading in the book, they've actually discovered that if you live this kind of pace and this kind of lifestyle long enough, your body will actually begin to shut down, that your adrenaline gland actually begins to stop producing adrenaline the way that it should produce, and your body won't produce the chemicals and the hormones that you really need, and it leads to a crash, either emotionally or even physically, either depression or disease, because it's not the healthy way that God intended for us to live. So you may say, well, what in the world do we do about all this? What do we do about this restlessness in our souls? Where do we find 
rest. Well, I'm going to tell you this morning, and, and let me just preface by saying this. It's going to sound like the preacher answer, all right? It's going to sound like the church answer, but that's okay because you're in church, right? But I'm telling you, it may sound real preachery and it may sound real churchy, but I'm going to tell you it is the truth here today. And the truth is this, the only place to find real soul rest, the only place to find rest for your soul is in God alone. You're not going to find rest for your soul by filling it up with all of these things that we think are so important and all these places that we think that we need to go and all these things that we need to do. Our soul finds rest in him alone. That's what David said in Psalm 62 in verse 1. Look what he says. He says, my soul finds rest in God alone. My salvation comes from Him. The truth is, this morning, there is no person, there is no thing, there is no experience, there is no vacation, there is no dream home, there is no amount of money, there is nothing outside of a relationship with God that will bring about the kind of soul rest that we are talking about this morning. I like what St. Augustine said. He says, you have made us for yourself, O Lord. And our soul is restless until we find rest in you. Some of you are searching everywhere. You're searching in all the things that you think you got to do, all the business of this life to try to somehow find fulfillment and rest for your soul. And I'm telling you, you will be a restless wanderer on this earth until you find rest in him. Some of you, your minds are so wound up that even when you lay down at night, you can't seem to rest. Even when you're with your kids, you're constantly thinking about where else you need to be and what you need to do and you don't know how to be in the moment because your mind is just constantly running and going all over the place and you're trying to find it all of these other places and the truth is today you'll never find it anywhere except in him in fact this is what Jesus said I love this Matthew 11 and verse 28 look what it says he says come to me everybody say come to me Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart. And look what he says you will do. You will find rest for your what? For your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and my burden is light. Here's, here's the deal. Some of you this morning, you're rushing around and you're trying to do all of this stuff and you're restless in your heart and in your mind and in your soul. And here's what you need today. You need to have a come to Jesus meeting. How many have ever had a come to Jesus meeting before? How many parents ever had a come to Jesus meeting with your kids before, right? I've had a few of those in my life. Those were not usually good things, right? But this morning, this is a good thing. He says, come to me. All you who are weary. All you who are burdened. All you who are restless in your soul. And he says, here's what I'll give you. What does he say? He says, I'll give you rest. Everybody say rest. He says, I'll give you rest. And not just rest. What kind of rest? Rest for your souls. He says, take my yoke upon you. You say, what does that mean, to take my yoke upon you? That sounds kind of weird. We're going to have some bacon and eggs this morning. I don't know what you're talking about. Take my yoke. Well, they would have known in those days that a yoke was what they would take to bind together two oxen. They would bind these oxen together to do the work. And the reason that they would use a yoke rather than just having two oxen that would carry the load is because that many times one oxen 
maybe the stronger oxen or the one that, was, that moved more quickly would, would work out of sync with the other oxen. And so they would place the yoke upon both of the oxen's necks to keep them in rhythm, to keep them at the same pace, to keep them in sync together. And Jesus says, come to me and I will give you rest. You don't have to scurry around like a lamb, like a herd of sheep running yourself off of the cliff. You can come to me and I will give you rest for your soul. And he says, take my yoke upon you. In other words, bind yourself together with me. Connect yourself together with me. And instead of living your life at the pace of this world, live your life at a Jesus pace, at a God rhythm. Let me lead. Stay in pace and in sync with me. And when you begin to stay in sync with me, instead of scurrying around like a herd of sheep, not knowing where you're going and not knowing what you're doing, come to the place where you rely upon the shepherd to lead you and guide you. Be yoked together with me. Live your life at my pace and I will give you rest for your soul. Say, well, that sounds good, Pastor, but you don't know all the places I got to go. You don't know all the things that are in my to-do list. You don't know all the reminders I got in my phone. You don't know all the places. How in the world do I find rest in such a, in such a busy, fast-paced world? How do I find rest when there's so much anxiety and restlessness all around me? How do I do this practically in my life. Well, let's just get real practical for a second. And let's just look what the scripture says about it. I want to give you a couple of things. Look, look at this in, in, in Psalm 46 in verse 10. Look what David says. He says, be still and know that I am God. Here's the first thing we're going to do. We're just going to be still. Everybody say be still. Just be still. I, I know it's obvious, but I want you to notice this. He doesn't say, he doesn't say be productive and know that I am God. He doesn't say, be busy and know that I am God. He doesn't say, be all worried and anxious and freaked out about everything and know that I am God. He doesn't say, be all revved up on the inside and know that I am God. What does he say? He says, be still. Be still and know that I am God. You know what I've learned in my life? Is that many times when I'm running around trying to do all this stuff, the reason I'm running around trying to do all this stuff is because Really deep down on the inside, I have a need to be needed. We don't like to admit that, but you know, we, we have this need that I want everybody to need me. Like, I want everybody to go, oh, we couldn't made it without you, Pastor. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I want to feel important, and I want to feel like people need me. And so I'll run from here to there to this person's party to that person's party to all of these different things because I know they're going to be going, oh, man, it's so awesome that Pastor showed up, and I just, I just needed you, and I can't live without you, and it's so wonderful, and you're so great, and I want to feel important. Come on, I'm not the only one that does this. And so i got to rush around to all these different places because I have this need to be needed. I have this want to be wanted, right? And so I don't want to sit down and, and really be still because if I was really still and if I really didn't show up at something or whatever, people might not remember me and might not think I was really important. And so i got to be really important because i got to do all this stuff. And then whenever somebody says, hey, how's it going? What do we say? Oh, busy. 
Come on. How many know what I'm saying? Like, try that. Don't do it after service today because I just said it and people won't do it. But just do it this next week. Just ask people, how are you doing? And you know what? You'll hear it probably five out of six times. You'll probably hear them say, oh, we're just so busy. Come on, right? Why, why is that? Because we want people to think we're important. Here's what God says. He says, be still. Be still. Don't get sucked into this idea that you have to be something in order to, that you have to do something in order to be something. Here's what he says. He says, just be. Just be. So many of us, we get so caught up in I've got to do. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to do something else. I got to go. I got to be here. I got to be there. And God says, no, I just want you to be. I'm not nearly as concerned as what you are doing as much as I am concerned as you just being. I'm not concerned with, I'm not concerned with you do this and you do that and you're so important and you got all these things that are on your to-do list and everybody looks at you and goes, oh man, look at all that stuff that they've accomplished. God says, I'm not, I'm not really impressed with your accomplishments. Here's what I want you to do. I just want you to be. See, sometimes, here's what we do. We find our identity in what we do. And God says, your identity doesn't come from what you do. Your identity comes from who you are and whose you are. He says, I just want you to be. Be still. And it's in being that all of these other things begin to happen. It's through, it's through being that we begin. to be is the very beginning of, of believing. B is the beginning of belonging. B is the beginning of behaving. Some of you need to behave a little bit better. And here's the deal. It starts with just being. Just be who God created you to be. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to find your identity in all the stuff that you do. You can just settle your soul. You can settle your your heart inside. And you can just be still. Everybody say, be still. And then look what it says. He says, not only be still, he says, and know that I am God. I think sometimes the reason we think we got to do all of this stuff is we think that if I don't do it, it ain't going to get done. Come on, anybody like that? Any type A personalities in the room today? If I don't do it, I know nobody else is going to do it, so I just got to do it. And so I just keep doing all this stuff. And it's almost like we kind of have our own little God complex. I got to run around, and I got to take care of everything. I got to make sure this person's okay, and this person's okay, and that person's okay, and this person gets here where they need to go, and this person gets where they need to go. And I've got all these balls juggling in the air because I got to do all of this stuff because I'm the one in control. We got any control freaks in the house, right? Like, I'm the one in control. I'm the one that's got to do it all. I'm the one that's got to make it all happen. And if I don't do it all, and if I don't make it all happen, then it ain't going to get done. God says, be still. And what? And know that I am God. Who's God here? He is. Guess what? If you don't do it, and it's supposed to get done, He'll take care of it. You can be still, and you can just, you can just let it go. Let it go. I wondered if that would work. It didn't work very good. That one might not make it into the 11 o'clock service. But you just go, you know what? It's not, it's not me that's taking care of it. It's God. And I can, I can just know He's God. He's in control. I can trust Him. Even when I'm not working, He still is. I heard about one guy one time who was one of those control freaks, and he just always wound up tight, always just anxious and concerned about everything, and just 
he finally came to a point where he's like, I just gotta, I gotta give it to God. And so he sat down one day and began, he began to talk to God. And then he, he got an idea and he got a piece of paper out and he, he wrote a letter of resignation. And on the letter of resignation, he just wrote down, he said, I hereby resign as manager of the universe. <laughs> and some of us, that's what we need to do. We've been trying to manage the universe and we ain't God. And it's not the way God intended for us to live. And we need to have a resignation. We need to turn in a resignation. God, I'm just going to be still, and I'm going to know that you are God. And when we, when we just still our hearts and our souls, when we just decide, I'm just going to be. I don't have to do. I'm just going to be. And I, if I don't do it, and it's supposed to get done, God will take care of it. And if I don't do it, and it doesn't get done, maybe it wasn't supposed to get done anyway. I'm not the manager of the universe. I'm no longer in charge. He's the one in charge. And today, I'm just going to resign. In fact, that's what the whole principle of the Sabbath is all about. We don't talk about the Sabbath all that much in our society today. What we talk about is do more for God, do more for God. Get out there and do more, do more, do more, do more. And nobody really preaches the Sabbath. In fact, it's probably the most broken of all the commandments today in America that, that we don't take time to rest. And the whole principle of the Sabbath is this, is that when we're resting, God is still working. That I can take one day a week and I can actually, with God's blessing and with His help, I can actually get more done in six days of working and one day of resting than seven days of rushing around with no purpose. It's almost like the tithe. It is like the tithe. That if I give to God 10%, that He's going to bless the 90% and the 90% is going to go further than the 10%. Well, guess what? It works in the same way. It's a principle of trusting God. It's realizing that I'm not the one in control. I don't, I'm not the one that makes things happen. And so I'm just going to trust Him. I'm going to be still and know. And I'm even going to take one day every week and I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to rest and I'm going to trust that if I work six days a week, and take one day off that he'll bless my six days and it'll go further than my seven. Come on, I'm preaching better than y'all are amen. And somebody say amen this morning. I'm going to be still. And I'm going to know, I'm going to know, I'm going to know that he's God. Here's the thing is that this is going to be something that you're going to have to learn how to do intentionally. Because we don't naturally gravitate towards this type of a lifestyle. In fact, what we naturally do is that when we take one thing off of the schedule, we just add two more, right? And what we naturally do, what the culture points us to do is just busy, 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 run, 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 rush, 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 do all of this stuff. So you're going to have to get intentional about it. Here's something that I've been trying to do, not every single day, but trying to do this a few days a week is... I've just been, I've been setting my timer on my phone for five minutes, and I just push start on the timer for five minutes, no music playing, nothing going on in the background, no TV, no kids, nobody else around, but just for, just for five minutes, just be still, just for five minutes, just to think upon the Lord, think upon his goodness, think upon what he's done for me, and you say, well, that sounds, that sounds too easy, Pastor, no, no, you try it. Because as soon as you set that timer and as soon as you start, okay, I'm going to focus on nothing but the Lord. I mean, you're 10 seconds into it and you're going, oh, wait a second, got to mow the yard. 
oh, wait a minute, we got groceries we need to buy. Oh, wait a second, man, I got I to gotta answer that email. I forgot about that. Or your phone goes off and, oh, man, I got to see what that text message is or what that, what that notification is or what somebody's saying on Facebook or whatever. You just intentionally just say, hey, even, even for five minutes, I'm just going to take a moment and I'm just going to quiet my soul. I'm going to quiet my heart. It's like, it's like, that, it's like that kid, you know, you, know, you know what I'm talking about, the little, the little kid that just can't seem to sit still, right? You know what I'm talking about? Some of you are like, I'm married to that kid, you know? I mean, just can't sit still and you're in the car and you're like, oh man, just be quiet. And he's like, don't make me come back there, you know? I mean, I'm going to count to three. One, two, two and a half, you know what I'm saying? saying, just sit down and be quiet. And some of us, that's the way we've got to be in our own hearts and in our own lives. It's just to our soul. We've got to speak to our soul. And we've just got to say, be still. Be quiet. Even if it's just taken just a few a few moments. And the truth is, if we don't quiet our souls, if we don't take that time to rest, guess what happens? If you don't rest, here's what happens. You will be arrested. Because if you don't decide, hey, I'm not going to succumb to the, to the culture that we live in. I'm going to actually quiet my soul. I'm going to find restoration and rest in my soul. Here's what will happen. is just like us talking about, eventually it will catch up with you. And if you don't rest, God will make you rest. And we've all experienced that before. You, you wind up in a hospital or you wind up sick or you wind up relationships crumbling because of the style of life and the, and the hectic pace of the life that you are, that you are leading. And the truth is, is that if you, don't, if you don't get where God wants you to go, he has a way of getting you there. You just ask Jonah, you know. And so we, we intentionally, we decide, I'm going to, I'm going to rest. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. Listen to, the, listen to those words, green pastures. Quiet waters. You know, that's important that he says quiet waters. Why is that important that he says quiet waters? The, sheep, the shepherd has to lead the sheep beside quiet waters because if it's a rushing stream, then the sheep will try to get down there and get a drink and sheep can't swim and sheep can their their wool gets full of water and they can be carried away by the rushing streams they can drown and they can die and so the shepherd brings the sheep beside beside quiet waters so that it can rest so that it can drink and here's here's the thing here this morning if you don't if you don't lay down beside some quiet water sometimes, if you don't quiet your soul, if you don't slow your pace sometimes, if you don't, if you don't hit yourself up to, to Jesus and live your life at his rhythm and at his pace, then the current of this culture, the current of this world will, will take you away and you will drown and you will be destroyed and you will die if you don't, if you don't allow the shepherd to lead you. To make you lie down in green pastures. To lead you beside quiet waters. To restore your soul. This is what we're going to do for the next few minutes here this morning. It's going to be weird. It's going to be awkward. It's going to sound funny. Because here's the thing. Is that whenever there's quiet, what do we do? What do we do when there's quiet? We fill it up with noise. 
I do it. I'll just be honest. Like, if I'm at home, it's quiet. I'm by myself. I, I got to turn on the TV. I got to turn on some music. I'm in, if I'm in the car and I'm driving somewhere and it's quiet, what do I, I want to do? I want to turn it on, turn on the radio. I want to put my phone. I'm, every time I stop at a stoplight, I got to look at my phone and see what's happening there. Oh, man, I might have missed something, right? And when it's quiet, we feel weird. We feel awkward, especially in church. We do it even in church. When there's a quiet moment in church, what do we do? We fill it up. We gotta put some music there. We got to put a video there. We got to say something there because we don't know how to just be still. But this is what we're going to do. We're going to do a little experiment this morning. Drew's going to come and he's going to play softly on the, on the guitar. I was going to do it like with no music or nothing, but I thought that ain't going to work. That's just going to be way too awkward. But he's going to play softly on the guitar this morning. And I'm going to set my timer on my phone for five minutes. And for the next five minutes, here's what we're going to do. We're just going to be still. I'm going to ask nobody to be moving around, nobody to go to the bathroom. It's only 10, 15. We're, at, we're, we're early this morning. We're going to take this next five minutes. We're just going to breathe. Maybe some of you came here this morning and you came with, a restless soul. Maybe you, you don't know how to quiet your mind. Maybe even right now, as I'm talking about five minutes of solitude, or five minutes of being still, maybe that even scares you to death. Because, and the reason, the reason that you constantly fill your time up with stuff and you fill, the no, you fill the quiet up with noise is because you know that if you, really, if you really got still before God, God might say some things to you that you know he's already saying to you, but you just don't want to hear. And so you think you can run from it and avoid it by just being busy and by just filling up all of the space with noise and with people and with stuff. You don't really want to be quiet before the Lord. You don't really want to be still because... You know the Lord is speaking some things to you, and he's asking you to make some changes in your life. And here's what I'm going to ask you to do is for this next five minutes, just take these next five minutes, and I don't want you to think about your grocery list. I don't want you to think about where the kids have to be. I don't want you to think about the football game later this afternoon. I want you to just take this next five minutes. I just want you to breathe in and breathe out. I want you to close your eyes. Don't go to sleep. I just want you to focus on God. In every situation, whatever it is that maybe you're worried about or you're concerned about when you came in this morning, I just want you to just give it to God. God, it's yours. I believe that today through the peace and the love of a shepherd that we can find some restoration for this hurriedness, this busyness, restlessness in our soul. So I already got the timer set. Starting now, the next five minutes. Some of you are here this morning and as we sang earlier, it is well with my soul. You can't really say that because you're not where you need to be with God. I'm going to ask you all over this room, if you just bow your heads and you close your eyes with me. Maybe some of you would even say, there's something missing. It's deep down in here, I can't, 
can't even really put my finger on it. Maybe even things are okay in my life right now on the external, but something down deep inside, something internally, I know it's not right. I can't sing that song, It's Well With My Soul, because it's not. I know I'm not where I need to be. I'm not in the relationship with God that I need to be in today. Maybe some of you have never never surrendered your life to Christ. Others of you, maybe you've, at one point, you were more surrendered to Christ than you are now, and you've just, like a sheep without a shepherd, you're scurrying around, wandering around, an aimless wanderer, restless wanderer in this life. Today you need peace. You need rest. It only comes in a relationship with the shepherd. It only comes through God. Our, our rest comes from Him alone. Hello, everybody. Welcome again to the LifeGate podcast. We hope you enjoyed the message. As always, if you're new to LifeGate or haven't heard of us before, please be sure to visit our website at LifeGateBurleson.com for our address, service times, and upcoming events. Again, that's LifeGateBurleson.com. Thanks again, take care, and we look forward to visiting with you next week.